In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. It's a small door, a small door, only about four feet high, two feet wide. You have to bow down to go through it. They call it the door of humility, the door of humility. It is the door to the church of the nativity in Bethlehem, one of the oldest churches in the entire world. And this church sits over the cave where according to reliable tradition, Jesus was in fact born. The gospel accounts don't mention a cave But there are limestone caves all over the place in Bethlehem. And less than a century after the birth of Christ, Justin Martyr in 160 mentions that Jesus was born in a cave, as well as the Proto-Evangelium of James. He also says that Jesus was born in a cave. This is, of course, reasonable because many houses in the area to this day even are built out in front of a cave. They have a cave connected in the back of the house. In ancient times, that cave was used for stabling animals and also as a storehouse. Well, enough about the cave. The door of humility didn't start out so humble. When it was originally built, the door to the church of the nativity was 20 feet tall. And emperors and caliphs would actually ride their horses into this holy place. Well, in the time of Justinian, it was lowered. And then later in the Ottoman period, it was lowered to the four feet. So everyone now must bow down to go and enter this holy place, whether you're an emperor, a caliph, or someone like you and me here tonight. Well, using this door of humility as a metaphor, I ask a question on this Christmas Eve. Who has entered the door of humility? Well, the first answer to who has entered the door of humility is God. Yes, of course, God. God has entered this world through the most humble act of love that we know of in the universe. The God who created the universe, which now we think is 92 billion light years in its span, which is beyond our comprehension. It's just sort of a mathematical number. We can't even imagine that. But that's what we think the known universe. But this God who created this universe actually entered it in an act of supreme love and humility. The Son in the Word of God entering our world, not only our world, but our flesh and our blood our chaos being conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, just as you and I were born. Truly, God has entered the door of humility to come and rescue each one of us 
to show us how much he loves us and cares for us. And of the monotheistic religions, of course, only Christianity dares to come up and proclaim something so inconceivable because Judaism and Islam have God on one side, men and women on the other side, and the primary relationship is how you relate to the laws that God has given. Only in our Christian faith have the divine and the human come into contact with one another. Only the uncreated and the created come together in a communion. Only through the God-man, Jesus Christ, have we been able to become partakers of the divine nature. And so communion with God, communion with the divinity, is only through Christ himself. Well, let's talk about this act of humility of God in Christ entering through the door of humility. Our humble King and God and Savior descended into our humanity, born into our world, growing in humility as a little boy, learning and growing and teaching in humility. And finally, his life ended in an act of obedience, an offering of humility whereby Christ overcame the pride by his own humility on the cross. But they didn't end there. Christ entered one more door of humility. He entered that door in his death as he was laid in a tomb and the stone was rolled over the door of the tomb. And so our humble God of love descends not only into our world, in our humanity, but even into our death. And it says that because of this, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Well, who else enters a door of humility? We do. We here tonight, those who in faith and trust to this proclamation of this good news, this loving, humble God, we enter the door of humility because faith and trust and belief are by nature an act of humility. Why is that? Well, it's because faith and trust and belief are something that are actually received, something that is accepted, and not something that we actually produce. Think about that. We believe something that already is or something that has already taken place. And so our Christian faith is in fact a trust and a belief that God has done all of these things that we celebrate tonight for us and for our salvation, and we trust and believe in that 
and we accept it, we receive it as a gift. And so the mighty acts of God in salvation in Christ are humbly accepted, received, trusted in. We do not create, we do not act to cause this. Well, this act of humility connected with faith and belief and trust is something that we are familiar with as Christians, but the world at large, especially in portions of the world, uh, they really struggle with this. This connection between faith and humility was noted in Pope Benedict's Christmas Mass homily from 2011, especially in terms of the world at large. Pope Benedict said this, it seems to me that a deeper truth is revealed here which should touch our hearts on this holy night. If we want to find God who appeared as a child, then we must dismount from the high horse of our enlightened reason. We must set aside our false certainties, our intellectual pride, which prevents us from recognizing God's closeness. We must bend down spiritually. We must, as it were, go on foot in order to pass through the portal of faith and encounter God, who is so different from our prejudices and opinions, the God who conceals himself in the humility of a newborn baby. Aren't those incredible, incredible words? The truth is the door of humility must be entered into by you and me to find Christ, the humble God, the vulnerable baby king. We also continue in humility as we humbly come to receive his life that Christ continually offers to give us in the bread and the wine of the Holy Eucharist. We humbly come, we bow, we open our palms and receive, we accept what is given to us as a gift so that we may have his life because we know that we need it. We humbly accept that. Augustine saw in the manger this uh, metaphor of receiving, of acceptance. He said, the manger is the place where animals find their food. But now, lying in the manger, is he who called himself the true bread which comes down from heaven the true nourishment that we need in order to fully be ourselves. This is the food that gives us true life, eternal life. Well, God has entered our world in humility through the humble acceptance and trust of Mary. There would be no Christmas without Mary's yes to God's offer. God in Christ has reconciled the entire world to himself in the humble obedience and trust of Christ, humbly sharing our death to draw us into life. This is the life and divine humility. And this 
divine life and humility calls us and draws us to what is called by Howard Thurman the Christmas work, the Christmas work. In a poem of Howard Thurman, The Mood of Christmas and Other Celebrations, he mentions the work of Christmas. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among people, to make music in the heart. I hope and I pray that God's humble love makes music in your heart this Christmas and that that same humble love of God will cast you into the world to make music in the heart of the world, which so desperately needs this humble love. Amen. Let us stand and